0: Welcome to this Upula audio presentation of The Phantom Shark by John Blaine. This is book number six in the Rick Brandt Science Fiction Adventure series. This is your narrator, Jim Campanella. The plot of this book concerns the continuing adventures of Rick and Scotty in the South Seas, along with Rick's sister, Barbie for once. And now, The Phantom Shark, Volume 1, Chapter 1. A PLAN FOR BARBIE Rick Brandt was aware that events frequently hang on small, obscure incidents, but he had no idea that a mental image of his sister Barbie holding an envelope to the light, trying to see what was in it, would eventually lead to one of the most unusual adventures of his young life. It began in Washington, D.C. Rick, Scotty, Hartson Brandt, Julius Weiss, and Hobart Zircon were preparing to return to Spindrift, the home of the Brants off the New Jersey coast. The Spindrifters were tired after weeks of racing against time to create a counter-weapon against the so-called Whispering Box Sonic Weapon. While they waited for final word that the case was closed, Rick read them a letter from Barbie, his sister. Among other things, Barbie had written that Rick and Scotty had a letter from Chada, their Hindu friend who was in Hawaii and that there was a second letter from Hawaii that was not from Chada. It had no return address. She held it up to the light, trying to find out who it might be from, but with no success. Hartson Brandt knew, however. At first, because the famous scientist was very tired, he hadn't remembered all the details. Later, as they took a taxi to the railroad station, he recalled, Paul Warren asked me about you two when we were in Honolulu. He was planning an expedition to the Southern Pacific and wanted you to join him. Rick was sitting on a folding seat in the rear of the taxi. He turned around so fast he almost fell off. Honest, Dad? What kind of expedition? Fishing, Big Hobart Zircon boomed. Scientific fishing. Wasn't it Hartson? Mr. Brant nodded. I believe so. The Combined Pacific Research Societies... Have been commissioned by the United Nations to explore new fishing grounds that may supply all of Southeast Asia. Warren was getting his staff together. Scotty, a husky young man with black hair and brown eyes, asked quickly, does he want us to work for the expedition? Not this time. Brandt smiled. He evidently doesn't know what he's letting himself in for, inviting you two and Chada to go along. He merely thought you might enjoy the trip. He and Mrs. Warren like to have young people around. Rick looked at the scientist anxiously. Well, can we go, Dad? Little Julius Weiss, the mathematics genius of the Spindrift group, leaned forward. Confidentially, I've heard your father telling your mother that he'd be glad to give you his permission. Rick let out a whoop. When do we start, then? Hartson Brandt smiled. Well, that depends. How are your finances? There was a rule in the Brandt household. When Rick, Scotty, or Barbie wanted to take trips or make purchases that did not involve the entire family, they had to pay their own way. It was Hartson Brant's method of teaching them financial responsibility, and of making them self sufficient against the day when they would be on their own. How much money would we need? Scotty asked. Well, plain fair both ways, Harts and Brant replied and that'll be expensive. As I recall, the Tarpon was scheduled to leave Hawaii on the 11th. This is the 18th. That means that you have to meet the expedition in New Caledonia if you want to go. Rick had checked into plane fares before, when he, Scotty, and Hartson Brandt had flown to Hawaii for the expedition to Quangara Island. He estimated the fare quickly, and then allowed 10% discount for a round-trip ticket. I can make it, How about you, Scotty? Yeah, I can do it. The taxi pulled up in front of the station and the party unloaded their baggage. As they walked to the ticket office, Hobart Zircon said, I've been thinking about the salary I received from the government for this last job. The officials for whom they had worked had insisted on placing the scientists and the boys on government payroll for the duration of their assignment. Rick had been surprised to receive a check. It wasn't much, because he and Scotty had been classed as clerks, at the very low end of the wage scale. But Zircon, Weiss, and Hartson Brandt had been paid top salaries. Julius and I were locked up at that old house for most of the time that we were supposed to be paid, Zircon said. I think it would be only proper if we turned over our checks to you boys. What do you say, Julius? I agree completely, Weiss answered promptly. "'We couldn't take your paychecks,' Scotty protested. "'I insist,' Zircon said flatly. "'So do I,' Weiss said equally firmly. Rick was silent. He had a swift vision of Barbie holding the letter from Hawaii against an electric light globe, trying to penetrate its mystery. Barbie's intuition was swift and sure. He remembered the promise that she had tricked him into making. That if ever there was another chance to take a trip during the summer vacation, he would use his influence, as she put it flatteringly, to help her go along too. He could imagine her face when they told her her suspicions were true that he and Scotty would be off again to the Pacific. She would make his life miserable until he made an effort to keep his promise. Dad, this trip is strictly a vacation for us, right? he asked. Well, yes, Rick. Warren said nothing about assignments for you. Is Mrs. Warren going too? Well, she had planned to. Rick blurted impulsively. Professor Zircon, I'll accept that salary, if we could use it to buy plane tickets for Barbie. Scotty looked astonished. Then he grinned and winked. Hartson and Brant reacted instantly with a resounding, No. Rick talked fast and earnestly. He almost succeeded in convincing himself. "'Listen, Dad, Barbie has never been on an expedition. "'She hates always being left behind. "'This one is different. "'We won't do anything dangerous. "'And you know the tarpon is safe.' "'No, Rick.' "'The scientist shook his head. "'If your mother were going, that would be fine. "'But there would be no one to take care of Barbie.' "'Scotty took a hand here. "'Don't you think Rick and I could take care of her, sir?' "'The scientist was firm. "'I'm sorry, boys.' Of course you could take care of her, but after all, she wasn't invited. And that, I think, is simply because Paul Warren had no idea you might let her go, Julius Weiss declared. Exactly, Zircon boomed. Hartson, you know that Helen Warren is very fond of Barbie. Rick was very much like his father, both in appearance and in the way his mind worked. He knew that the scientist was weakening. I'll send a cable, he said quickly. Right now. The Tarpon has radio equipment. We can have an answer waiting when we get home to Spindrift. Hartson Brandt patted his son on the shoulder. All right, Rick. I think it's fine that you should want to include Barbie. However, the sudden rush of brotherly devotion has its suspicious side. He added a warning. I can't speak for your mother. You're going to have to persuade her. Leave us to it. Scotty said. "'Rick, let's get that cable on its way.' "'Get going,' Zircon urged. "'I'll get your tickets.' "'The boys ran for the telegraph desk. "'What a guy,' Scotty exulted. "'She'll have the time for her life, boy. "'But all this doesn't sound like the Rick Brandt I know.' "'At the telegraph desk he composed swiftly. "'To the motor vessel Tarpon at sea, "'Western Pacific.' Your invitation just received, accept with pleasure. Where do we meet you? Would there be room for Barbie as Mrs. Warren's personal maid or as babysitter? Reply to Spindrift. He signed it Scotty slash Rick. The message filed Rick sighed with relief. Well, he had kept his promise to his sister. Scotty was witness to it. Rick, not being the owner of a crystal ball, could not know that he had started a chain of events that would lead the Spindrift trio of youthful explorers into situations both strange and mysterious, nor could he know that Barbie at that very moment was engrossed in a pamphlet she had just received in exchange for twenty-five cents at the top off of a box of soap powder. The pamphlet, too, would have much to do with the coming events. It was entitled, Daughter of the Moon. The returning spindrifters were met at the Whiteside Dock by Barbie in one of the two island motorboats. She ran to meet them as the bus from the railroad station dropped them off at the wharf. Beside her raced a shaggy little dog. Rick watched his sister grinning to himself. She was slim and pretty in tennis shorts and one of his white shirts. Obviously, she was excited. He had to laugh when he saw what she carried in her hand. It was a letter and he would have bet anything that it bore the postmark of Hawaii. She kissed her father, embraced the professors and Rick, then shook hands sedately with Scotty. Her blue eyes danced with excitement. Can we open the letter right now? There's no hurry, Rick said. Let's wait until we get home. Barbie's eyes opened wide.
1: How can you wait? No, let's open it.
0: Rick yawned elaborately. He took the letter and tucked it into a pocket. I'm just too tired to read. I'll read it then, Barbie offered eagerly. That might be private, Rick said. No, I think we'd better wait. Dismal, the shaggy little dog was on his back, all four legs in the air, playing dead to attract his young master's attention. Rick scratched the pup's ribs to his complete satisfaction, then picked him up bodily and carried him to the motorboat. As they made themselves comfortable in the leather seats, Harts and Brandt asked, "'Any wires or cables?' Barbie looked at him curiously.
1: "'No, Dad. Were you expecting one?'
0: Hartson and Brandt laughed. "'Wouldn't you like to know?' Barbie's pert face lengthened.
1: "'No one ever tells me anything!'
0: She slid in behind the wheel of the fast motorboat, and as Scotty cast off, she started the motor, slid the craft into gear backed expertly out of the slip, turned, and headed for spindrift. Rick was proud of his sister. In the situations where most girls would be a burden, she could more than hold her own. She could hike all day without complaint, and she was like a water sprite when it came to swimming. At tennis, although Rick had a much stronger drive, she gave him plenty of competition. And at badminton or ping-pong, where strength didn't count, she could run him ragged. She was a swell trail companion, and her sense of adventure was as strong as his own. Barbie was a good sport, he reflected, but he resented her placing him in the position in which he found himself, of pleading to take her along on an adventure. Gloomily, he stroked Dismal as the speedy craft bounced on the swells, and he wondered about the cable. There was a chance that the shore station had been unable to reach the tarpon because of poor atmospheric conditions but the ship's call would be repeated over and over until an answer was finally received. No, he might as well face it. Barbie had the upper hand this time. She was going on this trip. He might as well admit defeat gracefully. It was nine o'clock that night before the reply came. The Brants, Scotty, and the professors were on the big screened porch that looked out toward the Atlantic. They had eaten one of Mrs. Brandt's excellent dinners were discussing their recent adventures in Washington, minimizing, as always, the elements of danger. Barbie was seated with her legs curled under her in an overstuffed chair. Now and then her eyes went to Rick, and he knew she hadn't forgotten the letter from Hawaii, even though she hadn't mentioned it again. He and Scotty had opened it in privacy. As Hartson Brandt had predicted, it was an invitation to join the Warrens on a trip to the Southern Pacific. A second letter from Chada urged their acceptance. The Hindu boy had stayed with the Warrens after the Kwangara expedition to attend school in Honolulu. In the midst of Professor Weiss's description of his capture by the Whispering Box Gang, the telephone rang. There was an instant silence. Mrs. Brandt looked around curiously. Are any of you expecting a call? You all look so strange. Rick tried to be casual. Why don't you answer it, Mom? It might be Mrs. Webster or someone. Barbie was sitting bolt upright. She had sensed the instant tension. Her eyes went from Rick to Scotty.
1: Something is up. What is it? Well,
0: I'd better go find out. Mrs. Brant said. She rose and went to the library extension. Rick followed and saw that Barbie was going to follow too. He gave Scotty a meaningful look. Barbie, just a minute. In the library, Mrs. Brandt picked up the phone. Yes? Yes, just a moment, please, until I get a pencil and paper. Rick, heart-beating fast, handed them to her. All right, go ahead. She wrote rapidly as the telegraph station at Whiteside dictated. Rick watched her face anxiously and saw surprise, and then a frown. She hung up the phone and reread what she had written, then handed the paper to Rick. It was addressed simply to Spindrift Island and said, You're wonderful. How did you know Paul and I wanted to ask Barbie? Hesitated for fear you might not want to part with her. Please send her with boys. Repeat, please. Meet them at Noumea about first of month. Much love, Helen and Paul. Rick looked up for the message. Well, that settled it. Mrs. Brant gave him a quizzical look. What is this all about, Rick? He explained quickly and then said, She's dying to go, Mom. She'll be fine. She'll love it. But, Rick, she's so young to travel so far. I just don't know, Mrs. Brant said. She's only a year younger than I am, Rick pointed out none too happily. Besides, you could write a good stiff letter to Mrs. Warren, saying she's kind of willful and likes to read, but that she'll stay put if she's handled firmly and all. Rick got a certain amount of satisfaction out of these suggestions. Mrs. Brant sighed. I suppose I have to resign myself to you two growing up.
1: I don't like to have her so far away, though, but Helen Warren will love having her, and I really shouldn't object, especially since your father evidently has given his permission.
0: Then it's settled?
1: All right, I'll write the letter right
0: away. You can hand it to Mrs. Warren. Rick nodded. Don't say anything yet, Mom. Let me break it to her in my own way. Oh, Rick, please don't tease her too much, his mother admonished. As they rejoined the others, Rick went to Scotty and winked at him, then solemnly shook his hand. Hello, fellow traveler. Do you have your bags packed? they haven't been unpacked yet. Scotty's grin stretched ear to ear. Barbie jumped to her feet.
1: I knew it! They're going on another trip! I knew it the minute I picked up that letter!
0: Rick ignored her. It's all settled, Dad. When can we leave? Hearts and Brant took the telegram and read it. Well, let's see. It's one day to the coast and another day to Hawaii. Then about two days to Numea.
1: Where is Numea?
0: Barbie demanded. On the island of New Caledonia, Scotty replied. Start a line at New Guinea, draw it down through the Solomons and the New Hebrides, and you come to New Caledonia. It's a French colony. Hartson Brandt continued. Allowing for overnight stops and bad weather, you had better plan a minimum of a week's travel time. Plan to leave here in three to four days. Better make your plane reservations right away. I'll do it right now, Rick said, by phone. Come on, Scotty. Want to come, Barbie? She looked at him wrathfully. Look here, Rick Brant. You aren't going to get away with this. You promised me when I got you out. Hold everything, kid, interrupted Rick hurriedly. Keep your shirt on. I never welch on promises. But this time we're just going fishing, Rick explained as they walked into the library. Scientific fishing to open up new commercial fishing grounds. We'll probably stop at the New Hebrides and the Solomons as well as New Caledonia. We might even get to Australia.
1: Huh. Well, that sounds fine
0: for you, said Barbie, unhappily. Call the airport at New York for us, Rick requested. We want to go by Pan American from Hawaii anyway. Barbie sat down at Hartson and Brandt's big desk and picked up the telephone. In a steady voice, she asked for a long distance, then for the New York airport. In a moment, she said, Just a minute, please. She looked at Rick. What am I supposed to ask for? Three reservations for Numea via Honolulu leaving New York in about three days.
1: Three? Three? Who else is going?
0: You are, said Rick. Barbie's nose went into the air. She hit Rick the phone.
1: Get your own reservations. I don't think you're very funny, Rick Brent.
0: Rick grinned. He suddenly felt good. He took the phone and spoke into it. Hello. I'd like to make three reservations for Noumea, New, New Caledonia, please. We'd like to leave in about three days. He didn't look at Barbie. Yes, by Pan American. Fine. Tuesday would be perfect. Names? Miss Barbara Brandt, Richard Brandt, and Donald Scott. Right. We'll send you a check and pick up the tickets Monday night. Thanks very much. He hung up. Barbie was staring at him, wide-eyed.
1: You really meant it,
0: she said, voice hushed.
1: You really did. Honest, Rick, can I go?
0: She turned to Scotty, eyes beseeching.
1: You wouldn't fool me, Scotty. Is it true?
0: Scotty nodded, smiling. She sat down suddenly in the desk chair, then just as suddenly she jumped up again.
1: Rick, you did it, didn't you? You arranged the whole thing.
0: She didn't wait for an answer. She threw her arms around him and hugged him and then ran for the door. Where are you going? Scotty called. To pack, Rick laughed. But we're not leaving yet.
1: I don't care.
0: Barbie was positively radiant with excitement and joy.
1: I'm going to pack, and then I'm going to hide somewhere until it's time to go, just in case somebody changes their mind.
0: Chapter 2. Numea Barbie was in seventh heaven of delight. It made Rick and Scotty feel good just to see how much she was enjoying the trip. Even the long plane ride hadn't been boring for her. She probably made friends with the crew and the passengers, and since people were getting off the plane and new ones were getting on at every stop, she always had someone different to talk to. She had heard the life stories of a strange assortment of travelers, ranging from a Fiji islander returning home after studying in the States to a missionary en route to a remote island near the Solomons. No sooner did the plane let them off at New Caledonia than Barbie found another friend. He was a Kanaka taxi driver, over six feet tall and muscled like a blacksmith, with sooty skin and hair turned yellow from many applications of lime, a standard native treatment for lice. He chewed beetle incessantly, which Barbie thought was fascinating since it turned his tongue and lips the color of a ripe tomato. His name, he said, in wonderfully bad English, was Henri. Henri's taxi was a relic an ancient touring car with doors that flew open every time he rounded a corner, which he always did on two wheels. As Rick whispered to Scotty, he drove as though he had a grudge against the old jalopy. The boys sat in back. Barbie sat up front with Henri and talked with him in high school French, almost as bad as his English. New Caledonia was a beautiful island and a big one. The mountains were rugged as though part of the Rockies had been transplanted to the South Seas. The seacoast, however, was tropical, with palms and huge banana plants shading occasional native villages with houses of whitewashed boards. Now and then the car passed people who weren't at all like the stalwart-friendly Kanakas. They were more like Chinese. Tonkinese, Scotty explained, "'from Indochina. They're imported as laborers to work in the mines.' What kind of mines? Nickel. The touring car reached the outskirts of Nouméa, and Rick looked around him with astonishment. It was a real city, and obviously French. It reminded him of the French Quarter of New Orleans. The architecture was the same. All the street signs were in French. There was an air of quiet drowsiness about it. Henri wheeled the car around a corner with a scream of tires and jerked to a stop in front of a two-story frame house. Hotel," he announced. Rick and Scotty got out as Henry ran around and, gallantly, held the door for Barbie. She smiled her thanks like a queen nodding to a faithful subject.
1: "'Isn't he cute?'
0: she whispered to Rick.
1: "'He promised to bring his kids around so I can see them. He has seven.
0: Henri stacked their suitcases, one on top of the other. Altogether, they weighed close to two hundred pounds— "'but he handled them as though they were filled with air. "'In the lobby, nothing stirred. "'The only sign of life was a tan dog of uncertain ancestry "'that slumbered on a straw mat. "'Scotty banged the bell on the counter. "'The dog looked up, growled a mild protest, and went back to sleep. Somewhere upstairs, a door slammed, and the sleepy voice called, "'Un moment, s'il vous plaît. "'A round little man appeared at the top of the stairs.' "'slipper-clad, and tucking his shirt into his trousers. "'Then, still blurred with sleep, but presentable, "'he slippered down the stairs and beamed at them. "'Ah, Messieurs Brandt and Scott and
2: Mademoiselle Brandt! "'A pleasure! "'Your cable was received! "'Your rooms are ready! "'Also, I have a cable for you!' "'He ran to the counter
0: and found it. "'Rick tore it open. "'Scotty and Barbie read it over his shoulder. Arriving Numea, 31, about 10 a.m., Warren. I think that means they're arriving on the 31st, Rick said. That's tomorrow. We really timed it right. Well, let's get cleaned up and change clothes. Then we can go see the town and get some lunch. I am starving. Scotty changed a few dollars into French francs and then paid Henri. Rick ran upstairs with the proprietor to examine Barbie's room. He had slept in small hotels and far places before, and although he didn't particularly mind discomfort for himself, he wanted to be sure that everything was all right for Barbara. There was a bare minimum of furniture and a grass mat on the floor, but it was clean and airy, and the windows were screened. His and Scotty's room was next door. It looked about the same. He went downstairs to help with the bags, but a drowsy Javanese boy already had the situation in hand. He glanced at his watch. Thirty minutes from now, we start looking for Chow. Is that enough time, sis?
1: I'll be ready in half that time,
0: she said. Henri approached them as they left the hotel and asked hopefully, You want car?" Not now, Rick answered. We'd rather walk. Come on, let's go, sis. The center of town was lovely. There were many trees and an even greater number of flowering shrubs. In the very center of the city was a large park.
1: That's the Place de Cocotiers," Barbie explained. The proprietor told me. There's a restaurant on the other side called
0: La Bagnarde. They entered the park and walked along a shaded path. Barbie stopped at every other shrub to admire a new species of flower. As they rounded a corner of the path, they heard what could only have been an American voice raised in anger. I told you no, you old bum. Keep out of my way or I'll have you locked up. A big man in a crumpled white shark skin suit faced an oldster who might have stepped right out of the pages of a story about castaways. The old man was stooped with the weight of more than eighty years. His great mane of hair was snow-white, and he was clad only in a torn shirt and a pair of trousers cut off below the knees. His feet were bare. Before Rick and Scotty knew what was happening, Barbie was facing the big man like a small fury.
1: "'How dare you speak to an old man like that!'
0: she fumed. The man stared at her in astonishment. He was taller than Scotty and inclined to stoutness. His face was beef-red from the sun, but there was a look about him that spoke of plenty of money. Even his suit, crumpled as it was, looked expensive. He said, "'Well, miss, you're an American, aren't you?'
1: "'Yes.'
0: And you ought to be ashamed of yourself, using such language to an old man. The big man laughed heartily. Perhaps I should, but every time I walk through here, he stops me to beg for money. I get a little tired of it. Why should I support him? You don't have to, but you could be polite, Barbie said coldly. I admit my guilt, the man said jovially. He looked at the old man. Sorry, Grandpop. My apologies to you, miss. He nodded and walked away. Rick and Scotty watched him go, then looked at each other. Rick knew what Scotty was thinking. A good thing the man had been amused at Barbie's interference. Otherwise, they might have had a battle on their hands. Rick decided he would have to lecture her on minding her own business while in foreign lands. The old man bowed. Thank you, Mademoiselle. Barbie looked at him critically. You're hungry, aren't you?
2: Yes, I do not like to beg, but how can such an old one like me work? What is there for me to do? I spoke only to that man because I knew he was very rich. I thought he would not miss a few centimes.
0: Barbie beckoned to Scotty. Let me have some francs, Sadie, please. Scotty handed her a few bills, and she tucked them into the old
2: man's hands. I give you my thanks and my blessings, he said with dignity. I ask your name so I may know in whose debt I will be forever. I am called Barthelmy. My name is
1: Barbara Brandt. This is my brother, Richard, and my friend Scotty.'
0: Old Barthelmy bowed. You will be here for long. Only until our ship comes, Rick said. The Tarpon, she's due in tomorrow. Barthelmy sucked in his breath.
2: No, you must not go aboard that ship!
0: Why not? Scotty asked quickly.
2: It was in the newspaper, the old man said shakily. I picked it up on a bench where someone had left it. A red of the ship. She goes to an indispensable reef and none are at all. Messieurs, believe me, I implore you, you must not take this lovely girl child into those bottles. If you do not think of your own safety, I implore you, think of ours. But why?
0: Rick said, bewildered. I don't understand. The old man looked up and down the path as though to make sure they were alone. He bent close, and Rick read the fear in his eyes.
2: For the best of reasons, between Nanatiki at all and the Indispensable Reef, that is the lair of on the one we call... Le requin fantôme, the Phantom Shark.